you know, we'll typically come back and start with the numbers. All bankers love numbers uh, to, to start with, but uh, you know, we're, we're also very interested around the people and, and how they engage, what the competitive landscape looks like, that sort of thing. So. Ready to raise capital? It's time to get your dose of investment insights with the Investment Fix podcast. Brought to you by New Zealand Trade and Enterprise. Kia ora, I'm Dylan Lawrence, General Manager of the Investment Team at New Zealand Trade and Enterprise. Today we're going to be talking about bank funding and debt capital. And with us to talk about that are two friends of NZTE, Henry Withers and Penny Ford. Henry is ASB Bank's General Manager of Corporate Banking. He has over 20 years international banking and capital markets experience and has worked across a wide range of industries. Penny is BNZ's Executive for Corporate and Institutional Banking. She also has over 20 years experience in banking and her current role is supporting some of New Zealand's largest corporates, farmers and exporters. Welcome Penny, welcome Henry. Thank you both for taking the time to chat with me today. Hi Dylan, how are you going? Great to be here. Hey, to kick us off, I wanna talk about what bank debt is. And just to delve into the fact that it doesn't have to be a simple loan that most people think of. So can you talk us through the bank debt and the different types of funding options Banks can offer a range of products to customers and it really depends on what the purpose of the loan is um, and trying to match then the type of debt to the purpose of the loan. If it's for a longer term asset, then you can have a longer term typical loan that most people will be used to or otherwise if it's for working capital, so just that mismatch between incoming and outgoing of money, then we can match a working capital arrangement to that or to an asset finance. So if it's to finance an asset, then you can match it to that asset and have repayments structured around the performance of that asset. We really work with people to ensure that it's structured in the right way for their business to successfully manage the debt across the business. And Henry, how do you assess whether it's the right option or the wrong option for your business? Yeah, great question. We'll start with what does the company do? What's their aspiration? What are they trying to achieve? What's their strategy? It's always the starting point. And then you sort of get into what does the company need? And you look at their sort of working capital requirements and you look at the financial profile of the business and importantly, what their free cash flows are and how much cash they're earning. And once you get a feel for their earnings and what their capital requirements are, it's then saying what's an appropriate level of debt relative to those cash flows or relative to the security backing or the assets in the business. Debt can be very good for businesses to help grow and fund growth, and whether that's giving them working capital facilities if they're looking to expand overseas and trade lines and things like that, whether investing in plant and equipment, which is very common in New Zealand, or they're looking for core debt or acquisition facilities. And so it's really coming down to what is the company looking to achieve and then structuring a debt facility that's sustainable within the business in terms of the cash flows. And sometimes if you've got a business and they're looking to expand overseas and they're investing in CapEx, quite often there's a delay before the cash flow comes through. And so it's getting certainty around what those future cash flows look like. And then off the back of that, it's determining what's an appropriate level of debt because you don't want to over leverage businesses. And sometimes it needs to be a mix of debt and equity. And obviously the bank can help arrange and raise both the debt and equity and work with companies relative to what that total capital requirement's gonna be. And so if I'm a company out there listening to this and I wanna come and have a talk to the bank, what do I need to prepare to ensure that the bank is confident of making a loan to me? What do I need to take up front when I approach you? 
It's really good to have your business plan there and to have done some scenarios across that. So you're really looking at what is the source of revenue that the business is creating? What are the expenses over time? And then what are your hopes and dreams for the future of the business as well? Where do you want to take the business? So that we can really see what is the generation of income, what's the volatility of that income, so that we can really set you up to be sustainable over time. So as things change in the economy, will you still be able to make those interest repayments without having to compromise the business? So getting that set up right so that you can really be successful going forward and not sort of be hamstrung from the regular interest payments that you need to make across the business. So really having that detailed forward-looking view and also what you have achieved in the business to date so that we can really see that established track record and then where you want to take it going forward with that different scenario so we can see the volatility that might come in across the business to make sure that the level of debt going forward will be sustainable for the business. Hey, we just mentioned scenario modelling. For those out there listening, can you just give us a little bit of an understanding of what you mean by that? Everyone's got a really good plan especially in the current environment, the best laid plans don't always happen. And no matter how much rigor's gone into your thinking and how much detail's gone into your planning, there's always challenges that come up that people aren't anticipating. It's a very fluid global outlook at the moment and the competitive landscapes are shifting pretty quickly. Funding markets are shifting quickly. And so just always having a scenario where things don't go to plan, what does that look like for the business and have you thought that through? And just probably understanding what the risks are. And this is what the banks are very good at, understanding risk and managing risk. And so having a good conversation around if we're going into this new market, what happens if the margins are lower than we expected? Or what happens if we don't get that volume and you're invested in a lot of CapEx that you've got a big plan of equipment and utilisation is 50% of what you thought it was going to be? What does that mean for our cash flows? What does that mean for our capital structure? What sort of reserves and resilience and buffer do we have within our financial models? And then what contingency plans have we worked through? And so iterating that, obviously, most businesses have a good financial plan, good financial model. So just get into your Excel, do your forecast, and just put some sensitivities around your business case saying, you know, it's a what-if scenarios around the downside. A lot of management teams always look, here's what it's going to look like on the upside. Equally, you've got to do it on the downside. And so the banks tend to iterate and work with companies on the downside around those sensitivities. And it's that what-if planning to make sure if things do go wrong, it's not at the end of the world. So we can manage it through. Perfect. We brought up scenario testing in the sense of the current environment we're in, but I think it really focuses your eye on what the risks are across the business or the opportunities and allows you to mature the business to mitigate a lot of that over time as well. So that might be around your suppliers, how reliant you are on one supplier or two suppliers and making sure that you diversify that over time and also your income pools as well and how is that diversified so that over time if you have a slump in one country or one demographic that you can cover that with others. So I think it's really important for establishing a long-term business and I know you can't always mitigate all these things in day one, but as the business matures, having a mind to that scenario testing or what-if analysis can really help you build that stability over time so that as things change, and we know we go through different cycles all the time, and it seems like at the moment there's a whole range of different cycles in the world now, you're ready for each of them and you've diversified your business well. So you may not across all streams be hitting the top line all the time, but you'll be doing enough across as much of the business to hold it well and be successful over time. And what should I be asking the bank when I'm going to talk to them about getting funding? It's probably being as sort of direct and open as you can be because it is a partnership and trust is really important and that goes both ways. And so 
just really clear understanding what the bank's trying to understand is what's the client trying to achieve. You know, what's that business owner or CEO or management team looking to execute in terms of their growth strategy? And so just be really clear around this is what the business does. This is the industry. This is the competitive landscape we're in. How does that tie back into the revenue drivers and cash flows in the business? That's what the bank's really interested in. Obviously, we'll look at your balance sheet as well, but it's really trying to understand what is that need of the customer and making sure what we're putting together is going to work for the business. And so typically, having a really good business plan really helps, a bit of a strategy overview. The bank's also interested around the capability of the management team. If there's a board of directors, have they got the necessary experience to go and execute on that strategy? And so just being as transparent and open as you can, all businesses have challenges, banks understand that, but what the banks can understand is what the impacts are on the business, what are the risks, and then how are they mitigated, how is the management team thinking around those risks. So from our point of view, you know, we'll typically come back and start with the numbers, all bankers love numbers to start with, but uh, we're also very interested around the people and how they engage, what the competitive landscape looks like, that sort of thing. So, That's an interesting point, right? The due diligence aspect of getting bank funding versus, let's say, equity. What does a typical process in terms of timeframes look like when you're trying to get a bank loan? Penny, maybe I'll throw that to you. I think it depends on how prepared you are when you come in. So how prepared your business plan is, how you've looked at the mitigants to the risks across your business, the management experience. We get a feel from those direct meetings as well, how well you are looking across the variabilities of the business. If you come well prepared, then it's a much shorter time frame. And really, as Henry said, it's just best to be really open and have those open discussions because we ultimately want to help your business be successful. So the more we know up front, the better we can structure things and respond quickly to your requests as well. And Henry, often investors or equity investors are looking to take a board position or get quite deep into some of these businesses they're investing into. What would a business expect from a bank in terms of how deep they're going to get in the business and how long they're going to stay there? sort of depends on the size of the business a little bit, which obviously goes into the size of the loans that the banks are providing as well from a materiality point of view. And so you, you look at larger businesses and you've got private equity investing or high net worth private capital coming into a business. There's a lot more rigor required in those sort of situations in terms of the expertise and governance required at a board level and the quality of that board and oversight around management and, and that sort of thing, because typically the risk could be a bit higher, the leverage could be higher. And so it sort of comes with the risk profile. The bank's requirements will be stronger and you know more appropriate to the situation. And so if it's a lower level of leverage and it's a working capital requirement, the banks will typically have covenant requirements regardless. And they're really just prudential limits that come through with good credit ratios saying, you know, is there enough cash flow in the business? Is the security position maintained? And the bank will set covenant levels with enough headroom so they act as a buffer so the bank can sit down with the company and have a really constructive conversation ahead of an issue arising in the business. Because the bank ultimately doesn't want to be having to work through issues. And so it gives you a really good signal early around how business is performing financially and how the operations are going. And so typically each year loan structure will have covenants in them. And there's a number of sort of documented uh, protections the banks will require because at the end of the day, it is a loan, much like your home mortgage, so then you do have to pay it back. And so the bank wants to make sure we've got the right structures in place and the right transparency and the right reporting to make sure you know, the business is on track. So just for those out there listening that don't understand what a covenant is, could you just give an example of what a covenant is? Sure, yeah. So a, a covenant's effectively 
a financial ratio that assesses the credit risk in a business. And they will go into the loan documents and typically they'll be tested on a periodic basis. So it might be quarterly, it might be six monthly, depending on the size of the business. And this is where the company's borrowing money to make an acquisition or they're borrowing money to go and do some capex. There might be a leverage ratio, for instance. And so you look at how much debt's in a business relative to the earnings or free cash flow in the business. And that could be a maximum level. And so if earnings come off, you'll get closer to that ratio. And so we just want to make sure that companies don't get too leveraged. Another typical financial covenant might be an interest coverage ratio, which is basically, can you service your debt? And so what's your interest cost relative to your earnings? Those are your two sort of typical cash flow based ones. And then there might be a, a minimum equity test as well, which sort of goes back to how strong your balance sheet is and what that looks like. So those are the, the typical sort of covenants you'd see in a structure for a term loan or an acquisition facility. And another important thing from that sort of covenant perspective, all of the banks in New Zealand have been operating for a long time. We've seen what works and doesn't work across different industries and particularly in times of stress. And that's why we typically will use covenants and set them at certain levels because we know when a business gets out of those sort of levels, then that's a time that you really need to take focus and start to change some things across the business to ensure that you can continue to trade through. That's a fantastic segue. So if I'm a business, apart from straight out money, what else does working with a bank bring you? Sure, that's a, a good question. You know, the banks in New Zealand have, have great experience. We've been operating for a long time and through many business cycles across a lot of industries. That experience, the track record, understanding what happens and can happen, say through the GFC, has prepared banks well for the current situation of COVID and allowed us to work really quickly with our clients to give an insight into how they need to focus on the business, look for opportunities, or really how they can sort of manage costs and shore themselves up, establish a good stable sort of balance sheet to trade on forward. So I think that experience is something that probably goes a bit unsaid at times, but it's really important and something I know all the bankers across New Zealand take pride in being able to help their customers with. The other thing that you'll see a lot more from banks these days is the data and insights that they can bring to their customers. So I suppose that's the sharing of what we see broadly across New Zealand, across businesses, and then can bring that to our customers to say, hey, this is what we see across other industries across New Zealand and how it might be helpful and relevant to your business for when you're making decisions going forward. The other thing we bring is expertise around the cash flows and how best to manage the cash flows across the business, how to manage their working capital cycles a bit quicker, help give them guidance of it if you can sort of shorten up your payment cycles, what that will save you. So really help the business save and manage their costs. Obviously taking them to offshore markets and making connections with them into those offshore markets. And I think that's really important because it's such an unknown world when you go into a new market. Are the consumers the same? Do they want the same product? Do they do business in the same way? What do you really need to be aware of if you're trying to be successful in those markets? And, and obviously we'll have the experience of having taken others there, but we'll also be able to connect you with other businesses who have recently gone and they can share a lot of their learnings as well. The banks have a really important role to play around how we restart the economy. And what we kind of get into is, you know, we need to get capital markets going. We need to get private capital invested into New Zealand businesses. And we need to see companies investing for growth. And if we get more exporters expanding offshore, that's going to be really good for NZ Inc. I think the banks have a key role to play in supporting those aspiring exporters to grow and be successful globally. 
And that's more than just capital, to your point. And so companies are looking for guidance. They're looking for advice as to how they do that, how they manage risks, and how they maximise and, and identify opportunities. And so you know, the NACs are very connected, and that's from directors through to school management team, through to equity partners, through to great advisors, uh, through to other companies that have been here and done that. And you talk to most business owners in New Zealand, they're really willing to share their experiences and expertise and knowledge. And the banks are in a really fortunate position that we can connect these companies together. And so it's around how we connect people, ideas and capital and, and bring those three together is what's going to create success for companies, but you know, it's going to create jobs and it's going to create a better New Zealand. And the better we can do that, the more you know, capital we can get out, the more companies are investing in new planting equipment, expanding into new markets. That's going to be good to frenzy, think. And so that's a key role. If you sort of get down to the next level below that, what the banks are really good at is understanding what drives the business's cash flows and earnings and profitability and working with management teams to have really good, robust business plans. They can you know, provide some really positive, constructive challenge around have they done enough thinking and analysis and sensitivities around their strategies and how they execute them. And also, you know, we have a really important role to play to make sure that as a business scales up from an early stage to a bigger business, there's new requirements that come on. So it's very different as a small business to growing fast and the pressures that puts on to cash flows and expertise and capability and people. And then the bigger business again, you know, the governance requirements and the expertise and skills that come with that. As you go through that life cycle, the banks are really keen to partner with really good businesses and help them be successful. And so the more you can do with your bank and the richer those conversations around strategy and what you're looking to do, the more the bank can help a business to execute on its plans. There's a lot of uncertainty out there, but I also think there's a lot of opportunity and the banks are absolutely very keen to work with companies to help them grow and be successful in the current environment. Perfect. So if I'm a small exporting business listening to this podcast, talk to us about the sort of relationship build that you can sequence with a bank. Regardless how early you are, you can still come and talk to a bank and they can definitely help you with how you best go about scaling your business up and, and what good looks like and what sort of infrastructure you need to put into place to start building a really good business for the future. And you don't have to come borrow money to start that conversation with the bank. You can come in with your business plan, go into the business bank and, and say, I'm an exporter, I'd like to talk to someone of some expertise, please. And, and all the banks have experienced trade finance teams. We've got a lot of clients that are doing wonderful things all around the world. Typically, your startup business, they might be borrowing something against their mortgage to get it going. Typically, you'll have some sort of transactional banking facilities. You might have a, an FX requirement if you're transacting US dollars or in different countries. You might need some trade facilities as you start getting bigger or, you know, payment LCs from banks and things like that to help your trade flows. And then as you start to scale up, typically it's a bigger working capital requirement. So you need some overdrafts or some supply chain financing, receivables financing. So that's probably the next stage. And then typically at the same time, you're looking for some CapEx or some asset financing to support your plant and equipment to keep going. And then as you start to get bigger and you look at more opportunities and you've got cash flow coming through your business, typically that's the stage where you can start using bank debt and put some core bank debt against your business. And that comes with a bit of maturity and responsibilities and obligations, but it's also a really good way to fund the growth of your business and start scaling up. So it's a bit of an evolution and it's a bit of sequencing, but what's really key is you sort of start building those relationships and engaging with your bank because they can add real value and help you be successful if you sort of share your aspirations and your, and your dreams with them and what you want to do. And the bank will help with that business plan and make sure it's robust and we can connect you in with the right people to get support and expertise to be successful. 
Fantastic. Hey, I want to go to the topic of startups and tech companies. So rightly or wrongly, there's probably a view out there that startups and tech companies are not right for bank funding. I'm interested to get both of your views on that. Often any startup business will be fueled initially by equity or perhaps people will mortgage their house or, or sort of swap debt around their personal assets as well. And that's typically how it starts. I think there are a lot of successful tech businesses across New Zealand that have bank funding, but they've gone through that growth phase with more equity in that phase. And then as they get established cash flows and that consistency of cash flow, then that's a really good time for bank debt to come in once you've got that stability in the business. But certainly in those early days when there's a lot of uncertainty and also they don't want to be hamstrung by the regular interest payments, then debt's not the best form of capital for them at that stage if they need the freedom in the business while they have such uncertainty around the revenue streams. But we've got heaps of great examples now across New Zealand where tech has really established and they've got wonderful, consistent revenue streams and that's a really good part for the, the bank to play then. End of the day, you look at the new economy and this is globally, obviously, the five largest, most successful companies in the world by market capitalisation are all technology companies. And a lot of them were billion dollar companies before they'd had a dollar of free cash flow or could borrow a cent. So the enabling technologies, the disruptive technologies that are coming through are going to be really important to reshape a lot of industries going forward, including banking. And end of the day, the bank's still going to partner with those businesses. It just comes down to what's the appropriate capital structure and what's the right mix of funding for that business in terms of where it sits on its life stages. And a lot of the high growth companies and a lot of the technology poster trials, you take a zero for instance, a lot of the early stage funding came from equity and it started off as seed and then did a series A, series B, bigger listing to fund growth before they even considered bank funding options. And so it's just really important, I think, for these early stage companies, because they are really important for New Zealand, that we sort of start mobilising. I think the banks have a role to play here with the likes of NZTE and a lot of the incubators to connect VC early stage investors with these innovative entrepreneurs that are looking for funding. And so whilst we might not be providing the capital, we absolutely bank those high net worths and those investors and we know them and we're good relationships. And we can still be the banking partner without lending a lot of money into a business. We can still provide all the essential banking services that a company needs. And it's just trying to mobilize and introduce the right capital partner to help these guys be successful. Fantastic. After a couple of examples, can you just give me an example where you've seen a New Zealand business successfully use that bank debt to propel their business, particularly into those offshore markets? There's lots of great examples uh, right across New Zealand, across a range of different industries that the banks are partnered with to build successful businesses and some really quite big businesses. A couple of good examples, it was a private example and a listed example, but a, a good listed example would be Vista. So this is founded by Murray Holdaway, fantastic technology-based business, does all the ticketing software in movie cinemas. We worked closely with them before they came to market for a number of years as they came from early stage company and grew through and made a number of smaller acquisitions as they grew and they also borrowed money to invest in capex and to expand offshore markets and they've done that really successfully and so through using a mix of debt and equity they've sort of grown their business in terms of EBITDA from about 10 million dollars to 25 and it's just a really fantastic global success story where you used capital both debt and equity capital markets to drive growth and fund the growth of that and they've done it really without taking a huge amount of risk on the way through because they've sort of raised equity as they've gone as well. 
but that's a good example of a Kiwi company that's sort of gone global and used funding lines to do that and a really good partnership basis. So, so that's one example. The other one's probably a lesser known company, but a fantastic business, privately owned by the Carpenter family, and that's uh, TR Groups. So that's New Zealand's largest truck and trailer rental leasing business, and, and that's a, actually a really significant business. And they've just recently made an acquisition into Australia, and they manage the large truck fleets from Frontier all the way down to those companies that do the traffic cones on the motorway. Really good business. I've got a number of banks. I've got a big syndicate and uh, New Zealand Super and Direct Capital have just invested in that business from an equity point of view. Through using sensible amounts of debt funding, we've grown through with them over a 10-year period now, and they've used debt and equity again to grow a really big, successful business. Those are probably the two good examples. And that's a fantastic point to talk about when thinking about a capital round is that equity and debt are not mutually exclusive and that often a combination is probably the very effective way of filling that capital round. So after one piece of advice that you'd give to a company looking to borrow in the current environment. I think with so much uncertainty ahead, you've got to have a real focus on what your costs are and what is variable with those costs so what you can control because without a doubt going forward any business's revenue streams are uncertain no one really knows what the track is going to be so the greater flex you have around your interest payments and your fixed commitments you're going to be able to flex the business to be able to continue through so you might be okay with the sort of level of commitments you've got now but it's identifying also what can you sell off? What could you spin off easy to create the flexibility or liquidity in your business so that if revenue does either stop or just completely slow down, you know the different levers you can pull across the business to inject some more capital or just take the cost down. You feel like we're in a bit of the eye of the storm at the moment, so I think people should really be focused on those costs. What levers can they pull there and what forms of capital can they bring in quickly if they need to. And that's where that new form of capital coming in, it could be a bit more bank debt if they've got low leverage coming into it and they have a bit of certainty of where the flows will be going in the future, or it might be introducing new capital equity provider just to allow them to get through this period. And typically if there were strong businesses coming into COVID, there will be strong businesses coming out of it. So it's really how you manage that in between and the uncertainty there. And Henry, one piece of advice for companies out there? Depends on the situation the company's in. So if you're struggling from a cash flow point of view at the moment, and there's a lot of companies that are in that situation, just work with your bank. Be really transparent. The bank's here to help. We genuinely want to help get you through. And there's working capital and liquidity availability. We can work with you around deferring interest and principal repayments. So just ask for help. Be transparent and talk around it. I think the, you know, the more the bank knows, the more we can do to assist you. That's probably the first thing. Equally, there's some... Companies that are going really well, and there's going to be some opportunities coming out of the crisis. Every good crisis, is, you know, where there's uncertainty, there's opportunity. And so a lot of good companies that are well capitalised at the moment are thinking around acquisition opportunities, and they're creating a little bit of a liquidity buffer to be able to take advantage of those opportunities. And you're seeing a little bit of disruption coming through different industries as well, and dislocation around business models, operating models. And so you're seeing a lot of high net worth money looking for opportunities. You're seeing a lot of private equity looking for investment opportunities as well. And so a really good vintage will come out of the next couple of years in terms of direct investment from private capital. And so just don't underestimate what you can do through these situations. And just once again, the earlier engage your bank around an acquisition opportunity or you're looking at a strategic change in the business, the more we can do to help. 
And the banks are really connected and have good visibility around what's happening across a range of industries. And so just engage with your bank strategically early in process and we can give you some insights as to how to shape a funding solution or a funding package that's going to work for the business. Fantastic. What I've heard here today is that you can't think about bank debt and equity as mutually exclusive. They support each other. Think about the sequencing of what support you seek from a bank. That relationship will change as you do. I've also heard here that you don't think about banks as only being able to provide money. They can help companies to save and manage their costs and cash flow. They can share valuable data and insights, and they can play a role in building new capital connections locally and offshore. They're a fundamental partner of your growth journey. Penny, Henry, thank you both for being here today. Really appreciated these valuable insights. Thanks, Thanks Dylan. Thanks for having us. Dylan has been a great experience. Really pleased to join you on this. Yeah, thanks, Dylan. Thanks, Penny. Really appreciate the opportunity to talk. That was your investment fix from NZTE. For a bigger financial fix, head to investnewzealand.nz.